Speaking on a personal level, the year 2022 has been a, a year of change, a year of challenges, and also a year of opportunity. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome to the Wednesday edition of Truth to Ponder, and I'm your host, Bob Bierman. It's hard to believe it was a week ago that Hurricane Ian made landfall in southwest Florida. And the devastation from that hurricane is going to impact that region for years and in some cases, even a decade or so to come. I've been reading a lot of news stories about what Ian did and what what mankind apparently must be blamed for, according to NPR and a bunch of other weirdo sources. The second somebody starts talking about man-made climate change and we caused the hurricanes, I'm going to be brutally honest. When they say that, I know that I'm talking to a reprobate, mindless idiot. Because the evidence is clear. The scientific evidence that is not bought and paid for is clear. Hurricanes have been around long before mankind ever discovered the peninsula of Florida. The number of hurricanes has not grown. And the intensity has not grown in spite of what Don Lemon or Lemon or whatever his name is at CNN tries to claim. It's all garbage. It's all foolishness. It's all a political agenda. Let me tell you what is happening in Florida. Since the 1970s, a lot of people that started to retire because they had more money to retire with headed to Florida. Many snowbirds headed to Florida starting in the 1970s. I lived in Southwest Florida in a neighborhood built in the 1970s for snowbirds or retirees. And so we have a lot more people in Florida. And so when a hurricane hits, it's going to be, shall we say, a greater impact on the population. But to say all of this is because of snowbirds, all of this is because we eat beef, all of this is because we drive cars that run on fossil fuel, which is another lie. There is no such thing as fossil fuel. That was an idea the Russians came up with in the 1700s. It was a theory because oil was found near the surface. So where did all this fossil fuel come from that is thousands of feet down? The earth produces this. It is not fossil. Once again, they change the narrative. They indoctrinate everybody to believe the lies. Now, the hurricane has impacted this radio program. It impacted our primary station, WRMI. And I'm in constant communication with them. Matter of fact, I plan on having uh, Jeff White, the station manager, as a guest on this program. Maybe as soon as tomorrow, maybe Friday. We're just trying to work out the details now and give you an update. And I'm trying to do what I can to help them. I do have an engineering background in this. And so keep, it's going to be a long time before that facility is, is anywhere near back to what it once was. And Jim Calhoun is our guest host today. And he's going to be sharing a few thoughts on a number of the changes that have occurred. All these things that have happened in seven days. And a lot of things have happened in his life as well. 
And so I'm about to turn the program over to our guest host, Jim Calhoun, and let him share with you the things that are happening in his life. And he's been making a number of observations as well. So so listen to what Jim Calhoun has to say. And Jim, welcome again to hosting the program. Thanks, Bob. And it's great to be back on Truth to Ponder. I have had a very, very busy week. And I'm going to try to incorporate some of the things that happened to me this week in this show. And also, I'm going to be talking about some various things this show that I think need to be said at this point, as far as this point in time, as far as prepping and things like that for a very uncertain future. But I'm going to get back to my big week here. One of the biggest things that happened this week was actually a negative, and it not only affected my show, which is the Living Off Grid Power and Information show, but also greatly affected many other broadcasters, including Bob Beerman in the show Truth to Ponder. And that was when KYAH out of Delta, Utah, decided to shut down their transmitters. They went off the air for the final time. And so I'm hoping that the listeners that heard Truth to Ponder, as well as my show, will find their way over to either one of the shortwave stations or will find their way to both programs through the internet as far as listening on truthtoponder.com or you might seek out Truth to Ponder on Spreaker, PodPoint, PodPage, and Anchor. And I know that it's available other places as well. But I'm hoping that the great audience that Bob and I both built up on KYAH will continue to find and listen to our shows. That's my prayer that that will happen. And with that said, I wish the folks at KYAH all the success in the world in future endeavors. I understand that it was just a partnership that dissolved, and it was just simply two people that couldn't see eye to eye. And so they decided to shut down operations. And while I'm sad about that, and it not only affects Bob's show and my show, but a whole bunch of other shows. And so I hope the other broadcasters all can recover from losing a great station in KYAH. Now with that said, as far as Truth to Ponder is concerned, Bob Beerman is always thinking ahead. I kind of think he's one step ahead of about anything that's coming down the pike. And I'm sure that Bob will have a replacement for KYAH or will be able to take the funds that were funding his show on KYAH and put those in a very worthwhile place. Because Bob not only has this radio ministry, he also has a physical ministry. And he's very big on starting churches and helping with fellowship and just helping people in general. And so I'm sure God will bless Truth to Ponder and Bob Beerman in all his endeavors as he has to strive to replace the hole that was left when KYAH went off the air. And getting on to more of a positive note, I was a part of a country music festival down in McAllister, Oklahoma. And it was called the Simply Country Ranch Music Festival. And there were some great acts from Nashville and all over. And some of the best playing I've heard in a long time came off the stage there at McAllister, Oklahoma. Now, McAllister, for me, is about 16 hours one way. And so I had an all-night drive down to McAllister, stayed with family, 
got into McAllister, did the show, went back and spent the night, spent the night with family, then had a drive that ended up being 20 hours back. And so in the last four days, I've done two all-night drives. If my voice sounds a little scratchy or I sound a little more dumbfounded than normal, well, I'm running on adrenaline at this point. Because when I got home at the ranch, I found that my cows had decided to, let's say, go for a visit. And it took me quite a while to find them. And it took me even longer to get them home. So I had to deal with that instead of jumping into bed like I wanted to. I came back to kind of a mini crisis, but everything is fine here. Everybody's well rested and happy, and I'm happy but not well rested. But but after I get through with this show, I think I'm going to go have an appointment with my pillow. And I just wanted to say that the music festival went very very well, and I really had a good time. And that used to be a constant way of life for me is just all night drives and going just all over for music shows. And while that's a great life, I can say right now that I guess I've hit the age that the all-night drives are a little tougher than they used to be. And I'll just leave it at that. Well, it seems like that every time I get behind this microphone, there's another crisis looming or another crisis exploding, something happening that isn't good. And I'm just going to say this very bluntly. What's happening right now that's not good at all is the failure of the United States media to level with the American people. Do you realize right now there's public service announcements in New York and also in New Jersey that tell people what to do in case of a nuclear attack or nuclear accident, whether it be on the side of a public transit bus or at a shopping center or wherever, maybe the subway? There are signs popping up everywhere in what to do in case of a nuclear disaster. Now, these people would not be spending that kind of money if they didn't know something was in the works. And you have countries such as Russia who are very adept at getting all of their people into fallout shelters. And their fallout shelters are fully stocked. And our fallout shelters have all been left to decay or they've been torn down and They're not designated anymore. And so not only do we not have any fallout shelters, we don't have any supplies or water or anything. And so they're putting these little signs up on buses and in subway stations and so forth that tell you what to do in case you see that big, white, bright light. Well, I tell you, if you are close enough to see that big, white, bright light, that's the last thing on earth you'll ever see. And I don't know why the mainstream media seems to keep beating the war drums. And on the way down to McAllister, it really kind of broke my heart. I passed one of these places that the owner of the place has to tell everyone his political views. And so he had like 20 or 30 great big signs that he had made himself all the way across the frontage of his property. And you could tell by his signs he was anti-establishment. He was anti-Joe Biden. I don't know who he was for, but I know who he was against. And he really didn't care for the Democrats, and he really didn't care for Joe Biden. But then he had another great big sign that really disturbed me. And the sign said something to the effect of, You ain't seen nothing yet. Nord Stream is just the beginning. So we have somebody that's publicly cheering on the sabotage of an oil pipeline. 
which I think was ironic because the sign was in oil country. The sign was right at the Oklahoma-Kansas border, and that is very much oil country, and there's pipelines running all through that area. And so that person that was cheering this pipeline being destroyed probably has a pipeline that runs across his property. The chance of that being the case is really good in that area because there's so many pipelines. But that's really not what upset me so much. It upset me so much is because I suspect, and this is just a personal opinion, I suspect that the United States government is behind the sabotage of this pipeline. And to have a United States citizen that was outwardly saying, yes, we did it, and we're going to do more, and just watch what else we can do, is disgusting. Right now, we should have adults at the table. They should be using their mouth, not for rhetoric and threats, but for understanding and reconciliation. I am 100% for peace. But I know that things are pretty biblical right now. And just me wanting peace is not going to make peace a reality. I think the things foretold in the Bible have to play out. And I'm thinking that a huge war with Russia, you could probably have a lot of scripture that you can point to. And you can verify that that's scriptural. Now, I'm not an expert in scripture, and I'm not an expert of prophecy. But with that said, I do know a lot of people that think that we are watching prophecy being fulfilled right before our eyes. So what if the United States government had a hand in blowing up that pipeline? What are the ramifications of that? Well, they're horrible. They're too horrible to even really discuss. But it includes wiping out a whole lot of innocent people just because we have a bunch of feeble, narcissistic, I think suicidal people who are quote-unquote in charge at the federal level right now. And it just breaks my heart to see this great country and the great people of the United States being tromped on and treated like cannon fodder just for the egos of the big guy. Yeah, illegitimate Joe. The guy's ego is bigger than his whole body. He's the type of guy that nobody likes to work for because he's never wrong. The man thinks he's perfect. And he's perfectly awful. That's the only thing he's perfect at is being awful. And all of these politicians, I shouldn't say all of them, but a lot of them, have government-funded escape routes, government-funded bunkers, safe places for them and their families. Whereas you and me, nah, we're just kind of left out here to get blown up. Now, am I saying that I think there's going to be a nuclear war? I'm saying that I'm convinced that the United States government, the people that should be negotiating, that should be listening to Putin and trying to find out exactly what Russia wants for them to back down and at least have it on the table and discuss it. Whether you agree with it or not, you need to at least talk it over. But our people don't want to talk. All they want to do is rattle their sabers, run off at the mouth, and try to put us all in jeopardy. And indeed, that's what they've done. Now, I would normally say, call your senator, call your congressman, and tell them that you don't want to have them get us into a nuclear war. But I think it's beyond that now. I think that the United States government has pushed and pushed and pushed and poked that bear 
to where the bear has had enough. And I see that we have a lot of people that we consider on the right side of things in government who are definitely on the wrong side of things when it comes to sticking their nose into a business that they don't have any business having their nose in it. We have no business with anything in Ukraine. You may be against Russia. You may hate what they're doing. But it does not serve the national interest for us to waste our manpower, our resources, our weapons, our thoughts, everything on that area of the world. It does not concern us. And I am convinced beyond a shadow of a doubt that the main reason that Ukraine is being propped up is because it's well known that the Ukraine is one of the most corrupt governments in the entire world. And there's lots of sex trafficking that comes through there. There's lots of child trafficking that comes through there, drug trafficking, and most of all, money laundering. So you have a very corrupt country that has leaders that can be bought off very easily. And then you have corrupt politicians all over the world that know that if they can funnel money through Ukraine as far as aid packages, that the leadership in Ukraine will skim off their percentage off the top and then send the rest of it back in the form of dummy corporations and things that are owned by certain politicians from all around the world. And so there's lots of people getting rich on the corruption of Ukraine. And that is the reason why they stand with Ukraine, is because they're not standing with Ukraine at all. As a matter of fact, they don't care how many Ukrainians die on the battlefield or innocent civilians. They don't care how many Ukrainians die, just as long as they can keep that corrupt government in Ukraine so they can launder more money, get more sex trafficking, more drug trafficking. That's what they're after. And it's sickening. And again, this is my opinion. I think any war that may break out between Russia and the United States, I think that the United States is on the wrong side of this one. The government as far as individuals in the government, like the Bidens and others, are making tons of money through the Ukraine. Even Mitt Romney's son, I believe, works in Ukraine. And he's an expert at who knows what, probably nothing, but he's getting paid like he's an expert. That's what happens. A lot of nepotism. A lot of greasing the skids, so to speak. So you have politicians from all stripes that are supporting Ukraine, sending more aid to Ukraine, and just throwing it down a rat hole. But they're desperately trying to hold on to that government in Ukraine. There's absolutely nobody in the West, anyway, talking about reconciliation or ending this war with ceasefires, getting to the negotiating table. None of that. None of that's happening. And so what we see here is a world situation that's spiraling out of control. And if we had adult leadership at the helm, I think it would be very easy to patch everything up. Now, I know a lot of people have died. There's been a lot of suffering and a lot of misery. But that's how wars are. Property's getting blown up and people are dying. It's definitely a war. Just like the Korean War was a war. They call it the Korean Conflict. No, it was a war. And so people can mince words all they want and say, well, it's really not a war, not officially. Well, when you have people dying in the streets from mortar shells and you have 
rockets flying overhead, blowing up all sorts of businesses and refineries and so forth, and people getting killed and tanks running up and down the roads, blasting everything they see. That's a war. And I really feel sorry for the children of Ukraine, and I feel sorry for all the Ukrainians. I am not anti-Ukrainian at all. As a matter of fact, I have several Ukrainian friends, and they're absolutely wonderful people. And the average Ukrainian is just a farmer. It really is. They're very much small town and farm people. But their government does not represent who the Ukrainians really are. And I've got to say this. This is my opinion. The government we have in the United States right now does not represent who we are. In my opinion, not in the least. Where are the statesmen? Where are the people that are sworn to protect us and protect the Constitution? Where are they? What are they doing? They're so busy protecting Ukraine's border that they don't care about our borders at all. Do you realize that our southern border is so porous that if we went to war with Russia, can you imagine how many Russian agents have crossed that southern border in the last year? If truly there's a war brewing and it's unstoppable, which at this point, I'm one of those that thinks it is unstoppable, I would imagine that Russia has done a whole bunch to get a whole lot of their agents smuggled across that border, which is very easy to do. So I think we probably have sleeper cells of Russians and Chinese and Islamists and everything else that has crossed that border. Just because illegitimate Joe said, rush the border, come on in. Then if those so-called immigrants are bussed into the areas like Martha's Vineyard or any other place where liberals are, they start whining and crying and saying it was a public emergency. But yet if you're a border town in Texas, they don't care. But if it comes to Martha's Vineyard, oh, that's a national emergency. These elitists are a joke, a very unfunny joke. They're a disgrace. Their way of life is disgraceful. Their politics is disgraceful. The way that they treat their fellow American citizens is beyond disgraceful. And I would believe in the eyes of God that he's saddened by the actions of these people. And so what are we going to do about the things that are happening in the world right now that seem to be getting bigger and more serious by the minute, actually? I was going to say by the day, but I check my sources about five times a day. And some days, on the good days, the stories don't change much, and I'm really happy about that. But there are some days that about every 10 minutes, there's a whole new bunch of problems and issues that's come up to face the world. Everything looks like a snowball going downhill. The farther it goes downhill, the bigger it gets. The bigger it gets, the faster it goes. Until finally it becomes this big mass of snow that is unstoppable and uncontrollable. And you just have to brace yourself for impact. And then after it hits, you just pray that you're not damaged too much and you pick up the pieces. And it seems like that's where we're headed right now. I think the people that survive this whole mess are going to be the ones who are going to have to put this all back together again. But when this system breaks, and it will, maybe not now, maybe it'll be years from now, but 
I have a feeling it's going to be very soon. Is it going to be like Humpty Dumpty? Are we ever going to be able to put it back together again? Or are we going to have to scrap it and start all over? I think that the American Constitution is one of the best documents ever written by man. The Bill of Rights, the whole concept of our way of government. But with each succeeding generation of politicians, the concept that was so brilliantly thought out by our founding fathers is being trashed. To where right now I would doubt if George Washington or Thomas Jefferson or any of the people from that era would even recognize our laws right now. They'd have to shake their head and just wonder what happened. And so it is my prayer that if things do go down in a huge ball of flames and enough of us live long enough to put this back together, that we will revisit what our forefathers gave us and reestablish that. Now, to those that say that the Constitution is old and outdated, human freedom is never old. Human freedom is never outdated. And for those that say that the Constitution is a living document that can change on the whim of the people, I simply say, no, you're dead wrong. Our Constitution and our Bill of Rights are like bedrock. They're like a cornerstone. They're the most basic cornerstone to the whole structure of our government. And if you pull that away, the whole structure will fall. And so those that think that it can change on a whim, I'm going to say right now, in my opinion, you and your way of thinking are part of the problem. We just can't go changing the Constitution at every whim we have, because then you have nothing. And right now, we're very close to having nothing as far as the backing of a document that should be the cornerstone of our entire government and the way our government is looked upon and the way the government treats us and the way we treat the government and the whole thing was really balanced and right now it's horribly out of balance. And on the other side of the break, I'll be back and let's talk about some possible solutions. Jim, I can't begin to thank you enough for all that you have done for me. It's been well over, I guess, a year now since you started helping me with this program and producing a good portion of at least one of the programs per week. There have been times that you've done even more than that, especially during the time that we were in the middle of a move from our Georgia location to Virginia. So I just thank you so much for your effort, and I hope that you appreciate it too. We have some opportunity in front of us. This past week caused, as Jim mentioned, we lost the one station in Utah. I know that KVOH has had to reduce their schedule because of the massive power bills in in California. The destruction of Hurricane Ian at WRMI. And now I understand why God laid in my heart all these things that need to be done so we can be prepared for the future. The internet is a wonderful thing and I'm going to use it as much as I can but I need to make other plans to make sure this program is available. Would you keep me in prayer and some of the work that is going on behind the scenes? I'll talk about it maybe more tomorrow or Friday. But for now, 
if you can help keep this radio ministry on the air, we really could use the support. If you can make a check payable to Ancient Word Radio, Ancient Word Radio, and the mailing address, Truth to Ponder, P.O. Box 510, Post Office Box 510. The city now is Chilhowie, C-H-I-L-H-O-W-I-E, Chilhowie, Virginia. And the zip code in Chilhowie, Virginia is 24319. That zip code again in Chilhowie is 24319. It mean a lot to hear from you. By the way, you can support us from the website, and I would urge you to check out Give, Send, Go. It's a Christian crowdfunding source. I'd prefer you use that if you can. You can find that at our website, which is Truth. The number two ponder.com. That is truth. The number two ponder.com. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Beerman. Scarlet and white coming up. Shalom Alechem. This is Jonathan Kahn, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. On Yom Kippur in the Temple of Jerusalem in biblical times, they had a strange ceremony. The rabbis wrote of it. They would take a scarlet thread, put one on the scapegoat, they'd go out, they'd put the other one tied to the temple doors. And every year, upon the receiving of the Yom Kippur, or the scapegoat, the scarlet thread would turn white. It would be a miracle. And they would read Isaiah where it says, Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall become as white as snow. But then, I mean, that's amazing enough, but then the rabbis record something amazing happened. A cosmic change. One year, all of a sudden, it stopped. It stopped doing it. No longer. As if as if the sacrifice were no longer accepted. They couldn't read the scripture anymore. It stopped turning white. When did it happen? Well, it would point to a cosmic change. Well, it says it happened, the rabbi said, 40 years before the temple was destroyed. When was the temple destroyed? 70 AD. Minus 40 years, you get 30 AD. Just when Messiah came as the sacrifice. They said, so they're saying about around the year 30 AD, all of a sudden, a cosmic change. What does it mean? It didn't turn anymore because he is the final Yom Kippur. And that means for all who come to him, though their sins be as scarlet, They shall be as white as snow. It's no longer the temple or the sacrifice. That means, my friend, no matter what you have in your life, no matter how scarlet it is, come to him. For though it is as scarlet, you shall be as white as snow. It's a miracle. Want more? Ask for the mystery of the temple doors, and that's our free gift to you. Now, what if you discover the place of the lost Ark of the Covenant? Well, this mystery is even more awesome and real. The mystery of the temple doors, it's our free gift to you, and sapphires, daily spiritual vitamins to revitalize your walk, a free subscription, or a free New Testament. How do you get this? All free? Just call. Just remember Jesus' Hebrew name, Yeshua, and you dial it. Just dial 1-800-YESHUA-1. You will be blessed, but call now. That's 1-800-YESHUA-1. The Jewish people brought you the blessings of salvation. Bring it back to them. Bless those who blessed you. Reach the unreached peoples from every nation. Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1. That's Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Or you can write me direct. Here's how. Let's write to the nice Jewish boy, Box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. That's Box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. Till next time, this is Jonathan Kahn saying, Rejoice in Messiah, Messiah Yeshua Tenu, our salvation.
This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. Welcome to part two of Truth to Ponder. This is your guest host, Jim Calhoun, sitting in today for Bob Bierman. And Bob Bierman will be back tomorrow with another great edition of Truth to Ponder. Well, before I go on to solutions, I do want to mention a couple of things. If you would like to get a hold of me by email, the best way to do that is to drop Bob Bierman a line at bob at truthtoponder.com, bob at truthtoponder.com, and he'll forward any email to me. And also, I wanted to mention how much I appreciate each and every one of you that listens to this broadcast. It is truly an honor for me to sit at this microphone and talk to Truth to Ponder's great audience. I sincerely thank you for tuning in. And one more thing that's on the less than positive side is the fact that there is a rumor, and it is only a rumor, but I've heard it from several places that don't seem to be connected. Maybe they are, and I just haven't seen the connection. But it seems that the West, as in NATO and the United States and all the Allies, are preparing to give Putin and the Russians an ultimatum. And who knows what the ultimatum is, but I can tell you right now that Russia feels that what they're doing is fighting for the very existence of their nation and for the life of their people. And it seems like the countries of the West are fighting for control and greed and spreading their political correctness and wokeness and and other social things that Russia doesn't want to have in their country. And so I really think that if Putin is given an ultimatum, I think that has no chance at all of coming out good for the world. Because I don't see Russia backing down. Because I think Russia sees themselves as a wounded animal backed into a corner. It's either kill or be killed as far as they're concerned. I think that as far as the way of thinking goes, that that is the way they are thinking in Russia. Whereas I think that the illegitimate people that we have in control are all posturing. And I think that they're bullies and they're belligerent. And they just want to see how far they can push things. And as far as all of these videos of tanks and artilleries and airplanes that seem to be surfacing all over the internet. Again, this is my opinion, but I have a feeling that history is going to bear me out as being correct on this opinion. Is that we're seeing parades of antiques. We're seeing jet aircraft and tanks and aircraft carriers and warships of all kind. And these countries keep the propaganda going about how mighty their armies are and how invincible their navies are and how great their air forces are. And so they parade out all these weapons of war. And I think that all of these weapons that they're showing us are antiques. Because every major war ushers in an entire new kind of warfare. And I think that everything that we're seeing in all the videos, all this military might, I think that there are weapons that we don't even know about. We've never heard of. We've never seen. I think that if hostilities get as bad as they could get, that very soon we're going to see a whole new generation of weapons that we've never even conceived in our wildest imaginations. And I think it will render all of the artillery and tanks and ships and planes that we see on these videos is nothing more than garbage. 
I really do feel that this next war is going to be fought on an entirely different level. And so don't put a lot of stock in the trains full of tanks and the skies full of airplanes. Because I think that there's weapons that with a push of a button, all the planes are going to get knocked out of the sky and the tanks will be rendered absolutely worthless. And so that's my opinion. And I have one other opinion I want to share before I get into some solutions. And every time we have major elections, and we're really coming up on the midterm elections, we have what's called an October surprise. Well, guess what? What month is it right now? October. What's the surprise going to be? Well, I'd like to say your guess is as good as mine. But I am going to tell you what my guess is, and it's a hunch, it's not a prophecy. And I have no knowledge of this, so it's just one man's opinion. But I think that the October surprise is going to be a very major war, if not an actual world war. I think that's what they have in store before the midterms. And so I think we have, at most, 30 days left to prepare. 30 days left to make sure our families are as protected as possible. Now, if Putin is given an ultimatum within the next week... They said it was only days away, between four and eight days is what the article that I saw said. So possibly we have just about a week to have everything in order. And so I think it would be a great way to spend your time the next several evenings making lists and making plans and looking out for you and looking out for your loved ones. I think that if there ever was a time for the adults in the family to be adults and stand up, and I mean really stand up and take the bull by the horns and do things to protect their family like their life depended on it, because I think it will. If there ever was a time in American history where I think the heads of every household need to stand up and be counted and really make some very hard, fast decisions of protecting their families and really striving to come up with good plans to do so and having the supplies to protect your family, such as food and water and medicines and any tools and anything like that that you possibly could need. I think that we have about a week for the heads of the family to act like they're the heads of the family and step up. If you're one of those that think that nothing can happen because we're the United States of America, you need to get real. You need to understand that since we are the United States of America, at least in name, have you looked at the population lately? How would the population that's in our country right now, how do they compare with the World War II generation? They don't compare very well at all. The World War II generation, they knew how to do without. They weren't a bunch of people addicted to drugs and addicted to cell phones and addicted to video games and and also the difference in work ethic is astronomical, let alone the fact that we used to manufacture everything here in this country, and now we manufacture almost nothing. And so we're not the same great country that we were during World War II. If you're one of those that think that the United States is above being attacked and that we are strong enough to withstand anything, and so you don't prepare, you're the type that will stand in line at a food bank and maybe your family will have to move to a shelter, or maybe your family will just simply have to do without. 
all because of your poor planning. And if you plan by setting back some food and do things like that, well, you're always going to eat that food. You're not throwing your money away. You may be spending more for food for a period of time, but that food will still be in your pantry. You'll still own it. And also, ways to protect your family. Make sure that the locks on your doors are good. Make sure you have deadbolts and have safety chains. Just make sure that your house is secure. And I think one of the main things that we have to do is understand that it used to be in this country and also all the way across the world that neighbors took care of neighbors and the families took care of themselves. And then they would help their neighbors and as a group would help their whole society and their local community. But since mass communication is so prevalent, we are now citizens of the world as much as we are of our country. And so people like to think of themselves as a citizen of the world or a citizen of the United States or possibly even a citizen of the state in which they reside. Well, it's time to change that focus. While you can still be all of the above, you need to become a citizen of your county. Better yet, a citizen of your township or your precinct. You need to have everything cut to the lowest common denominator and be a citizen of that and make that governmental entity, whether it be a county commissioner or maybe a county judge or county sheriff, you need to make those positions as strong as possible in your local community. Well, it's time to rely on your neighbor. It's time to know your neighborhood very well. It's time to know your local politics, get to know your local politicians, your board of regents, your commissioners, your sheriff, everyone that is involved with your local county government. You need to understand that they are your last and best line of defense. Because if they honor their oath, and they will defend their county. And if you don't have people that will honor their oath, well, we're coming up on midterm elections. I don't know how many people have different elections for county offices during the midterms, but make sure that the people that you put in office are the type that will take their position seriously and take their oath seriously and will do everything in their power to help you and help your county. This includes shopping local very much. Stay away from the big chain stores that are just going to send your money not only out of the county, possibly out of the state, but in the long run, it's going to go to China because most of the big box stores get almost everything from China. I do realize that China is a major manufacturer of the world's goods, and I know that we don't make very many things here. And so the things that you buy at your mom and pop store have a very good chance of also having an origin in China. But the money will stay home. The money will stay local. And that's what you need. You need your neighbor to be strong. If your neighbors are all weak, that in turn will make you weak. And if you're not weak, and they are, and you need help, they're going to come over and ask you for help. You may need help from people that also need help. And that doesn't work. It just doesn't. So if you can make your neighbor stronger, 
and that neighbor could make the other neighbor on the other side of him stronger, and you make your county strong, and possibly your neighboring county make it strong as well. In other words, I'm saying we need to circle the wagons, but the wagons we circle need to be local. We need to circle them and circle them tight. And we need to understand that everything in politics boils down to being local. And I know that it's a lot more interesting to see what's happening in the world events. And I know that going to county meetings and things like that are boring. But I think it's time for all good people to plug in. Plug in as hard as you can locally. If you have a political party in your county that's supporting corrupt politicians, well, it's time to get new members in your political party in your county. Because if the base changes out from under these corrupt politicians, then these corrupt politicians will have no way to be elected. We have to understand that this is going to be a very long-term fix because nothing happened all of a sudden. It's been a gradual decay for decades. And so it possibly will take decades to rebuild. But let's be honest about this here. People, they look at the United States senators, they say, well, Ted Cruz, he's going to save us. Or Rand Paul, he's going to save us. Really? How are they doing so far? Looks to me like they're failing. And one of the reasons they're failing is it's too big for one person when you get to the federal level. Plus, I'm not sure their hearts are committed to anything but getting wealthy themselves. A lot of people are into politics because of the paycheck, not because what by law they receive for their services as far as serving the country, but the kickbacks and the corruption that it seems like most of them are involved with. And the ones that aren't involved personally with all the corruption, they work with people that are involved, but yet they stay silent because they're all part of that big club that you and me are not a member of. And so they will watch their own. So I would imagine that a Republican who considers themselves a conservative Republican would stand up for Nancy Pelosi before they'd stand up for you. Why do I say that? Because Nancy Pelosi is a fellow colleague. She is one of them. She may be an evil person and Maybe the people that support her aren't necessarily evil unto themselves. But when you look at the fact that they will not call out the evil that Nancy Pelosi and others like her dish out every day, makes them a part of that evil. And I really don't think that there's much we can do about that except knock their base out from under them. We're not going to be able to take them on head on because they're corrupt. They have too much power. They have the power brokers behind them, the shadow government behind them. But if you can cut them off at the knees, then all of a sudden they don't have the power to fight back so much and they're, and they're much more apt to be replaced. My example of that is the Republican Party in Wyoming that came out and actively campaigned against Liz Cheney. Liz Cheney was too big to replace. You couldn't tackle her head on because she had the big money in her pocket, or shall I say, she was in big money's pocket. She was a puppet. She would do everything that she was asked to do for a price. Well, 
the pillars were knocked out from under her. She still had all the support of the media and support of all the liberals and the establishment, but she forgot that she had to have support from people from Wyoming, and the people of Wyoming are not stupid. So what the party did in Wyoming was cut her off the knees, and what happened? She was soundly defeated. Now, let's say you're in a state that has 10 congressional districts. If you can have four or five congressional districts turn against a Senate candidate and cut them off at the knees, then all of a sudden, that candidate will not be able to win. Now, I'm talking about a primary here. You can primary out all of these really bad people, but you have to be organized to do so. Because their battle that they want to fight is on a national level. They're too good for the local people. And so the local people have to remind them who is truly in charge and need to send these people packing. And so I think that's what we need to do as our main solution is as the midterms come up, start studying. And anyone you can replace at a county level or as local as you can get, replace them if they need replacing. And as far as voting someone in because of a personality, that you like the way they look or like the way they dress or you think the way they talk is interesting or cute, all I have to say to you is our country needs you right now, needs you to be an adult, not to be a child, and not to worship somebody as far as their personality. Because what we don't need is a cult of personality in any office, in any part of our government anywhere from dog catcher on up. We need integrity. We need people that have intelligence. We need people that know what it's like to take an oath and live by the oath and actually fulfill the oath that they take. So I think that is one thing that we can do. Now I'm going to revisit this making our neighborhood stronger. I think now is the time, if you don't have a neighborhood watch, you honestly need to form one. I think that if you form a very good, positive, and well-trained neighborhood watch, what I mean by that is don't just get together as a neighborhood and say you're going to look out the window and call each other up if a stranger comes by. You need to have a coordinated plan of what's going to happen. Again, you got to play that what-if game. What if your neighborhood faces a fire? whether it be arson or a natural fire. The Neighborhood Watch is a lot more than just looking for criminals and things like that. The Neighborhood Watch is watching out for the children, watching out for fire, other natural disaster. And I think that if you have a strong Neighborhood Watch, and it becomes very evident that you do have a strong Neighborhood Watch, if there is civil unrest in our future, they'll think twice before going into your neighborhood because they know they're going to have to fight the whole neighborhood, not just you. I think that during this Black Lives Matter and all these other communist events that that took place in the summer of 2020, most of that could have been avoided if there were strong neighborhood watches. And I have to say here, I watched hundreds of hours of videos of people looting and burning with no police in sight. But now we have... SWAT teams raiding people that hand out pamphlets at abortion clinics. Everything is broken. 
our society is broken. So we can't fix it from the top down. That's impossible. It has to be fixed from the bottom up. And as I've said the last several shows, it starts with the person you see every morning in the mirror. That's where it has to start. It has to be a mental attitude change to where you're going to have to step up and have to be a shining example to your neighbors and your family and your community. Be a shining example of what it is to be living on the right side of things and living a life that is obviously Christ-centered. It can be said that lots of people never go into a church, and so the only experience with any of God's people that they're ever going to have could possibly be with you. And if you're strong that way and you can minister to people one-on-one, even if it's just ministering by example, not talking about preaching at people, I'm talking about lovingly bringing them along at their own speed. If you can surround your area with true believing Christians, with a strong neighborhood watch, with a very strong local sheriff, very strong local commissioners, very strong local school board, then all of a sudden, where you live will be a haven. And we're going to have to do this one precinct at a time, one district at a time, one township at a time. We can't look at the state and try to save our state. Now, if enough townships get together and enough counties get together, then as a collective group, then you can take on things at the state level. And my example of that would be Colorado. The majority of eastern Colorado is ranch land and also farmland. And so eastern Colorado is mostly farm folks. But yet the cities of Denver and Fort Collins and Colorado Springs vote very liberal. And so almost everyone in the state government are liberal Democrats. And they see the people that live out on the plains of Colorado as being less than desirable as far as constituents. So they do everything in their power to pass bills that are anti-agriculture and to try to raise taxes and try to put some of these people out of business as far as the ranchers are concerned. And they're trying to put the ranchers out of business because the ranchers are destroying the world, you see. Nothing could be further from the truth, but these liberals think that they're saving the planet by getting rid of the cows. And so where does that leave all of the great people in eastern Colorado? Leaves them between a rock and a hard spot. So what eastern Colorado must do is make their counties as strong as possible. That way, the county will be fighting the state and not just you as an individual. Because we all know that an individual cannot beat City Hall. But as a group, as an entire county, the chances of backing a state down, especially if you have one county that borders another, and then two or three counties get together and have the same way of thinking, they can stand in the way of some of the negative things that are put forth by liberal politicians. Just like in any war, it comes down to the individual. If you have several individuals in a very important battle that 
don't do their job, your entire army might be in jeopardy of being defeated. And so it does boil down to the privates, the Jimmies and the Joes. And so everybody does matter. And in wartime, your whole war experience might be, might be one patrol out to capture a bridge and hold the bridge until reinforcements come. That might be your only contribution in the war as far as active fighting is concerned. But if you do your job and you hold that bridge and reinforcements do come and you're relieved and the bridge is now firmly in your army's hands, then you've done your job. We have to look at everything, how it's happening, like it's a big war. I hate to say that, but we must. And we must do our job, however small it might seem. But if enough of us do the right thing and do our jobs, there's a possibility that not only can we protect ourselves and our families and our neighborhoods, we possibly can protect our entire region. And so in a nutshell, keep a positive attitude, stay in prayer, don't listen to lies, don't listen to propaganda. Understand that it's up to you. Put your brain in gear, roll up your sleeves, get to work, and get your family prepared. Well, I hope that you got something from this message today. I always do enjoy my visits here on Truth to Ponder, and I so much appreciate you tuning in. If you'd like to support Truth to Ponder with a donation, that's very easy to do. Just go to the website, truth2ponder.com, and hit the support button. And when you get to that page, you'll be directed on how you can support Truth to Ponder with an electronic donation. But if you'd like to mail your donation in, you can mail a check or a money order and write the check out to Ancient Word Radio, Ancient Word Radio, and you would mail to Truth to Ponder, P.O. Box 510, P.O. Box 510, Chill Howie, C-H-I-L-H-O-W-I-E, Chill Howie, Virginia, and the zip code is 24319. And any support would be much appreciated. Well, I've really enjoyed my time on Truth to Ponder today. And again, thanks for listening. And until next time, stay strong, stay safe, stay vigilant. But most of all, replace fear with faith. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, Truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's Truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth to Ponder, shining the light of truth in a darkening world.